Welcome to the Mechanical Room. A Centrotherm production focusing on all things in and around the HVAC industry. And now, your hosts, Michael Sakaris and Matthew Price. to the November episode of The Mechanical Room, Season 2, Episode 11, 23rd overall. We have not missed a single one yet. Michael, you missed one last week. I did. I let the team down. No, no. You were just, you were a busy man. You're always out there. Obviously, your phone's ringing like crazy. <laughs> it never stops. Uh, you were, uh, you took a brief sabbatical. We had Joel Jacoris, our CEO, sit yes. in uh, last month. Where the hell have you been? Where the hell have I not been? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's more like it. Good. So the week that I was out, I, I was up in Canada. I was in and out of 13 airports in five days, believe it or not, Con including connections. If I touched down, I counted it. So, yeah, it was a long week, but we got a lot done. Uh, signed up a couple of new reps. Shout out to Caden Sales in Alberta and to Air Solutions in Ontario. Welcome on board. Please greet uh, Mr. Strat with a fine... I have a in, fellow... In, in Greek, please. Kalispera kiria strati. Imase... Kala puisaste mazimas. Yasis to you, Strat. Did you get all that? <laughs> no, I do not. So I just welcomed him on board as a, uh, a Centrotherm rep. How do you say ULC S636 polypropylene vent systems oh, in Greek? I don't know if I can do that in Greek. I can do the ULC and certainly the numbers, but uh, polypropylene venting systems, I'm going to struggle. Yeah. All right, fair enough. That's why we have the technical translators. I have yeah. yet to translate anything into Greek yet. It's just been exclusively uh, French Canadian. That is true. That is true. Um, so we got to open up an office in, uh, in Athens or something and then, and then uh, go there and work a little bit. Um, I, we, we have the lay of the land a little bit there. Yes, as we, we do. Traveled a bit, so uh, I'd, be, uh, I, I'd be into it. Yeah, I'm in. It's cool. Uh, so it's good to be back. Uh, yes, it was a lot of travel. I did miss one. I feel bad because I said I would try to make all of them, but I did miss one. But, uh, you know, Joel did a wonderful job. Uh, we didn't skip a beat. I enjoyed watching it and not seeing myself in it. I was watching it at a hotel room. I was laughing uh, and I was pinging you at 1130 <laughs> at night uh, how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Joel uh, is, uh, you know, obviously a natural conversationalist in some ways and also very, very funny. And I think he got more comfortable as as yes. it, as it progressed. And uh, so also shout out to to Rob Kwezak, who was our guest last time around as well, Absolutely. who, you know, was very you know excited and, and amenable to the whole process and also had like, you know, very intelligent things to say about both of our product lines. He very experienced person um, installing both Air Excellent and in a flu. And uh, sent us some really nice coffee mugs. You did. I got one too. Yeah, it's really really nice. So Rob, thank, thank you, you, Rob. Thank you so much, Mister Mister R and J Mechanical out there in Shoe Swap, British Columbia. So what's going on today? What do we have on the on the docket for today? Well, naturally, we have the you know the inimitable banter that my we have part. here. <laughs> then we have the show us your pipe oh, segment, that's my favorite part. which is yeah, your official favorite. They're all our favorite parts. <laughs> You know, it's like, which child is your favorite? I know which one for you, but, um, you know. They're both my favorite. Uh, come on. It depends on who asks. Depends on which one's being less less irritating on yes, that day. Yes, that, that too. Um, 
and then of course we are uh, we have our guest segment today, and I believe we have our first female guest uh, in in the you know the entirety of the show. Not not for lack of trying, but it just has worked out this way. We did have Ben Thompson's wife on yes, for a little while. That was who, a nice little jump in. Yes, she jumped in on the episode. Galia, who does the uh, the books for the HVAC Strong team, let's call them. Uh, they are you know, a man and wife team, um, and uh, so she did pop in. But that was really just a lucky break because she came in while he was doing the interview, and I was like, "Hey, throw that big Scottish man out of the way, and let's talk to you for a hot second because she had the, like, the finance knowledge and she did a lot of the, you know, his you know, dispatching and things like that." Yeah. So, but today we have Beth Ladd from the ASA, the American Supply uh, Association. We met her last week. week in Chicago at the Network 2022. Um, annual conference where we took in economists speaking and demographers, uh, people in the trades, everything. Yeah, there was a sales and marketing symposiums. There was a lot of, you know, networking with distributors and suppliers and stuff like that, you know, standard HVAC organizational stuff. And I just happened to run into Beth at the registration table and we just got to talking and I was like, this lady will be perfect for our podcast. And she was ready, uh, right and ready to rock with that. So we set it up. Looking forward to chatting with her. Yeah, absolutely. So she'll be on uh, right after we get to the Show Us Your Pipe segment. everybody this is always my favorite part of the episode it is the show us your pipe episode and today we're opening the kimono not only looking at <laughs> not only looking at the exterior venting but we're going inside what's inside that boiler matthew yeah so this is a, a, a rare treat let's say because typically what we feature on this segment is completed installations. I mean, sometimes they're so fancy that there's videos with LEDs shining different color lights against the diamond plate, the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, it's it's a fully, you know, some places you just don't even want to step in because it looks so, you know, hermetically sealed and cleaned in the whole nine yards. So this one is really fascinating because we get a, a quick look inside of the boiler and lo and behold, what do we see inside the boiler but the familiar gray of Inaflu on these custom components, or really OEM components we call them, because internal to this IntelliHot boiler is a, let's call it a non-standard, non-catalog part, and is a part that is um, in conjunction with IntelliHot's design engineers, something that we have worked to create that goes inside their unit, in addition to the rest of the uh, vent system that, that then completes the installation. but. This is a, uh, a a look inside a retirement facility in Dublin, Ohio. It is a 1 million BTU instantaneous water heater. And uh, as you can see, it's a kind of a custom branch T is what we call it. Some might call it a Y. Um, that is, you know, more of a... Manifold. Yeah, There's man all kinds of names. Exactly. It's a, It looks to be, I can't, you know, just a guess, but it looks to be maybe a three-inch feeder into a six-inch manifold or a three-inch feeder into a... Yeah, it would be probably you know, a six out of a million BTUs. I would say it's probably six. Yeah, on so. That's my guess. Yeah. And coincidentally, we didn't talk about this earlier when uh, we were looking at all our options. But earlier in the episode, we were talking about uh, where I've been. Yeah. I was actually there at IntelliHot seeing these beauties being made. So for me, it's, it kind of ties in my 
travel, a good insulation, and you mentioned by who? Who did this install? Uh, yes, we should, of course. Stream Key Incorporated. Thank you very much for posting these photos. Uh, they are a really fascinating look that we don't typically, typically get. see. We don't see the inside. So, uh, we're, Intel Hot is what, Peoria, correct? Uh, just outside of Pe Galesville, I believe. Uh, I flew to the ASA, tying it to, to our upcoming guest. I was at ASA, and uh, Jim and I uh, uh, shot down to IntelliHot. Got to see these things. That'll be James uh, Stafford, our James OEM Stafford. and yes. strategic uh, strategic partners manager. Yes. And so we really have a very Midwest vibe on this it's, episode it's actually, here. Actually, not by design. It's mm -hmm. a pure coincidence. It's funny how that works out. It's as if we produced it with that in mind. A, uh, you know, I, I, I wish we could say we were that good. I wish I could speak with like a Midwest accent. Uh, yes. I, don't I can do Greek. I can't do Midwest. I don't even know what that would be. Anything, anything that I would try would turn out to be more like Minnesota a bit. And the Vikings. <laughs> no, we don't want to talk about that. That I was know. a rough, beat, rough week last the, week. They beat the Bills. I'm sorry, yeah. man. So I'm it, sorry. Ha it happened. It's the same old Bills is what, is what I've been saying. You know, There's some Bills fans it's scattered around. the game. Around, I did uh, catch it post-game. Uh, post yeah, well, we were texting during it a little bit, yeah. and it was, it was not. Sorry. It, was, it was an ugly. It, well, hey, it's football, man. And the I, Vikes. I don't tie my emotions to it too much. Yes. Just, just a little bit. Anyways, Stream Key Incorporated. Beautiful job. Thanks for showing us the inside of that uh, of that IntelliHop beauty there. Yeah, show us your pipe. Also, show us the guts of the boiler in this there you one. Go. So, all right, we'll be right back with our guest. Welcome back to the Mechanical Room. Today, we are welcoming in Beth Ladd. I met Beth last week at the ASA Network 22 meeting, and we just started chatting, and I was like, hey, you know what? Let's continue this digitally on the podcast. And share it. Yes, indeed. Beth is currently the Vice President for Innovation for the American Supply Association. In her role, she defines and leads the innovation slash technology function, as well as the newly established DNext. You can see that she is wearing the swag right there, the DNext Innovation Lab. It is the first of its kind for a national trade association. Beth thrives leading cross-disciplinary teams, pursuing innovative initiatives, and engaging in open innovation using human-centered design, rapid ideation, primary and secondary research, and prototyping to explore the roles, practices, perceptions, trends, and technologies that power today's supply chain. Previously, Beth directed and led Caterpillar's Global Innovation Labs as the Information Analytics R&D Manager Man, you've had some cool titles over the years. Uh, her responsibilities include defining and, iter and iterating a multi-year strategy inclusive of leading edge analytic capabilities for exploration, as well as executing a portfolio of research projects across multiple business domains within digital and innovation. She has an MBA from the University of St. Mary and a BS in business administration from Eastern Illinois University. Michael Sakaris, say hello to Beth Ladd. Hello, Miss Ladd. How are you today? I am very well, Michael. And yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, Matthew amazed me with all that he knew, but God, what does the VP of innovation really do? There was a lot that he said, but break it down for someone like me. I have no clue what you do. Share with me what you do and the rest of our guests. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I think probably I, I have lots of, we'll say, sub hats underneath the, the vice president uh, umbrella. Amazing. We do. <laughs> sub hats. I love it. <laughs> we were lamenting about that earlier today about all we do, but keep going. Sorry. No, so uh, probably the the number um, the number one um, 
responsibility or role that I play is that I uh, established and I lead the DNext Innovation Lab. So the D in DNext is for distribution, um, and so it, the the idea it's um, the lab is on the University of Illinois campus here in Champaign Urbana, uh, East Central Illinois, and so the lab is all uh, staffed by University of Illinois students. So I um, run the, I run that entire function, everything from recruiting the students, uh, telling the story of American Supply Association and its members, um, and and can and then helping the students learn about the distribution portion of the supply chain, which most of them have um, no knowledge of and certainly no experience, and and then. Uh, helping shape the direction of uh, uh, the projects uh, that we do, the research projects that we do in the lab. And then the research, the work itself is actually all done by the student. So at that, you know, after that point, I just sort of get to sit back with a, you know, Phyllis Diller style cigarette on one of those long um, oh, nice. right? And, I'm, and I don't know, some kind of a cocktail in the other hand and let the students do all the work. I don't know what it actually looks like, but I anyway. need to do some assignment there. I, I should have went to that college. <laughs> so I have, um, I usually have anywhere between six to 10 students on my team at a time. And so I play the, the HR role, the local administration and operations role, the project management role, um, as well as sort of an educator mentor as well along the way. And then um, the students will research a variety of topics. We use, as you mentioned in my bio, human-centered design techniques, which basically means that uh, we use tools that allow us to develop empathy and really understand the person or people that we're trying to help. So in this case, uh, that would be distributors, manufacturers, and their customers, which most of the time are um, other businesses, right? They're contractors and um, installers and that kind of thing. So we spend what, a lot what, of time listening to those people, trying to understand cool. the challenges. That's uh, obviously the human element is really permeating kind of all industries and, and you know, HVAC is sort of slower on the certain trends. What kind of tools are you using? You mentioned tools to sort of help, you know, when you said human-centered development, I'm starting to think of like, you know, I think of like Anakin Skywalker, who's like a cyborg, you know, he, what what sort of tools are you using to de to help develop empathy? That seems um you know sort of almost counterintuitive. It's like kind of a talking process, sort of. So, so yeah, I guess you walk us through yeah, that a little bit. Our design has a, the it's a it's a framework, um, and it and there are lots of different sub tools inside that, right? So one of the tools that you that um, one could use in human centered design, for example, is observations. So you would have a specific subject, a, a thing that you want to learn about in mind. So just to pick a random example, let's say that we wanted to understand the good and the bad and the what could be better when a contractor customer goes to their local distributor or wholesaler and needs to buy stuff. So every okay. day, these folks need to go and they need to acquire the supplies that they need to fix someone's furnace or um, or, or put in or install something new, right? And every day they go, they'll go to that distributor maybe multiple times a day during the job. And so parts of that are a really 
uh, seamless and easy experience and a well-understood experience and a well-accepted part of the experience. Other parts of that, um, they may be accepted, but they may not be as good as they could be. So one tool that we had was that the summer we sat um, at a couple of at several different distributors and we did observations. So we watched and we listened and we didn't we didn't intrude. We just watched and wrote down the things that we observed. So you start by making a list of what you expect to see. And then you go and you sit and you watch and you make a list of what you actually saw and then you go back and you can co contrast those and you look for places where you can reduce friction in the process where could this process be better so, so I, with all that you yeah. said i've got like a thousand questions which i'm going to forget like 90 percent of them uh number one I'll, I'll rapid fire some to you number one if, you, if you're comfortable and that you think the distributors would be okay in mentioning who they were that's you know who were the distributors Number two, was this, you know, you guys are part of ASA, right? American Supply Association, which I want to come back to too. Is this project something that the distributors asked for? Or is this project something that you as part of ASA are doing a study for? And then three, uh, you know, what were some of your findings? And then I forgot the other 90% that I was going to ask for. And, and who was the worst person you encountered throughout this <laughs> and why? <No. laughs> Well, let's start with that question because that's fun. And the answer was pretty much nobody. Uh, amazing. Okay, there you that's, go. Good that's answer. Good to hear. Good to hear. One of my favorite things about this industry is that it's a service industry. So everybody in it is service oriented, whether that's right, whether it's your contractor, whether that's your distributor, um, whether it's a person in a showroom, wherever it is, everyone that we have encountered, everyone we've encountered is fantastic. And they've been fantastic to my students um, and very patient with young minds um, who don't right, who don't have experience. So the answer to the fun question is no one, because everyone in this industry is spot on fabulous. <laughs> I, I wonder if, uh, you know, you're obviously a kind of effervescent and warm person. I bet you that plays a role into that in opening, uh, you know, having people immediate, immediately, you know, accept or get excited about the entire process, let's say. So, you know, I, I would most likely give you some credit for, for maybe bringing some people out of their shells, let's say, in a way that benefits the overall, you know, goals of the project. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I'm sure that it helps if you're willing, um, if you're, you know, if you're genuine and transparent, if you're willing to talk to people and you're excited about hearing what it is they have to say and learning from them. And I am those things. Um, but, but honestly, when we're, when we're out doing observations or interviewing people, we, we did a lot of interviews as well with my student team. I do very little talking. I sit back and let my students do the work. If I've done my part as a, as a teacher and a, and a mentor, I, and I've equipped them with the tools that they need to do what I'm asking them to do, which is interview people um, and, and get them to help us validate our observations and assumptions about the business. If I do that job well, in a perfect world, I should have to say nothing. Again, I should be sitting there, you know, Phyllis Diller style with my cosmopolitan, like, right? And, and my team has what they need to do the work, so. 
So um, can you can you say who the distributors were, or would you prefer not I, to? I, will pref I would prefer not to simply because I don't have their express permission. But I will Understood. say that because I work with college students, um, we tend to, uh, have tended to stay local. So we spend most of our time at distributors in Central Illinois and Central. Okay. Well, that narrows it down, and I have a few ideas who that might be, especially, especially, yeah, without without going further, and of course not naming names. Um, I, I have a sense of who might be a bit of a more progressive company culture that might embrace that a little easier than uh, than someone who's not yeah, as progressive. Uh, so how, how about this one? The the study that was done, or the discovery that was done, was it done by the direction or request of the distributors, or is that a service that ASA you know, is doing an analysis and, you know, are using students to go collect this data. So this is, this is kind of, um, this is kind of the origin story, really, the answer to your question is kind of the origin story of the DNX lab. So okay. two or three years ago, the CEO of American Supply um, said, that, you know, it's time for us to update our strategic plan and we need to be thinking about the next three to five years-ish. And so as part of doing that, um, Mike Adelizia always brings together lots and lots of folks from the um, from ASA members, right, who volunteer. And he got a group of members together and he asked them, they did several different meetings. And, and the question that was really on the table broadly was, what are you worried about? What keeps you up at night? As CEOs and heads of, of small businesses, what makes what what do you what are you concerned about when you think about the future? Um, and specifically, you know, what changes or what innovation, right, are you concerned about? And so they had a lot of great conversations around that. And out of that, come out of those meetings came three strategic pillars for the American Supply Association. And one of them was in the area of innovation and technology. Um, the, all, obviously, the, all the, the leaders, the leader volunteers recognized that the supply chain was is changing and it's heavily influenced by business process change, just the way we do business, um, as well as the technologies and the tools that support those changes. And so everybody sort of said, yeah, so, you know, we understand, we think we understand the people who deliver all the stuff in the little black vans to our houses every day, all day long. Like, we think we understand them, but nobody saw them coming. And we're concerned about what's coming after them. So what's sure. the next? Right. What's the next round of that look like? What and how do we? Where get does that evolve to down the road, and how does that impact kind of the traditional HVAC supply chain? Exactly. And so, yeah. you know, the first and and that was pre-COVID, right? When they were asking, doing this analysis and asking these questions. And so, out of that, um, they said, well, we should you know, we should do some work and investigate and figure out, I don't know how we do that. I don't know how we figure out what the future is, but but none of us can do that as 300 individual distributors, but we could do that together through ASA. And that's right. where the lab came from. So the idea was um, there's a, an existing research park here at the University of Illinois. It has a couple hundred companies in it. Some of them are big companies that you would recognize the names of that have innovation labs. And then the rest of them are startups that are coming through or out of the university. And so 
it was a it's a great environment an entrepreneurial um, innovation tech fo focused research park and it's a great environment to be in um, and then you get access to all these really young brilliant minds who are going to one of the top 10 public schools in the United States to work on your problems part-time right. during the school year and full up to full-time during the summer um, so it, it was a great model and it was an innovative model and something that no one had ever considered and so that's kind of where the lab came from well out of all those discussions there were lots of other themes of things that people said they were thinking about or wanted to know about and were concerned about so those yeah. themes were the initial starting place for projects for the lab. And then when awesome. I joined ASA, I went out and interviewed a bunch of CEOs of some of our distributors and asked them some more questions related to those themes. And from that, I developed an initial list of about 10 or 12 um, broad areas where I felt like we could learn um, and, and, and maybe uncover some opportunities for our distributors and their manufacturer partners and, and that they would be broadly applicable to everybody, right? Because part of the yeah. key is at the end of the day, the projects that we do, I, we, we're trying to serve 400 bosses. So it, I, I want to do stuff that's broadly applicable, um, but also pragmatic and really useful to our members. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's, you know, there there are other companies out there. You know, besides these trucks that pull into your driveway, companies, you know, every day. There's other companies out there, and we philosophically speak about this all the time. You know where my head's uh, at. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know that are creating these platforms where technicians are joining, and you know they're providing a, a venue for direct purchase through them because it's easy they're there they have the relationships and they're partnering with distribution there's a lot of disruptive models out there and it's fascinating i didn't know that asa actually we're new to asa i didn't know that asa was out there and doing these these analytics uh so i, I think it's fascinating it is um and speaking of which uh we were just at the network 22 asa is that the annual conference let's call it yes that's our annual conference yeah. How was that for you? How'd you find that? Uh, any any particular insights? I mean, we have some feelings uh, about uh, you know some of the great speakers that we saw, and of course, obviously networking with uh, with our cost our customers and our reps. Our reps. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really a great group there. Um, so you know, what's your takeaway just from? I mean, it's still pretty fresh, I suppose. But uh, you know, how was your conference? Uh, where was the best place you ate in Chicago, et cetera? <laughs> Well, I spend a lot of time in Chicago, but when I'm at network, I don't get to eat. I don't get to go anywhere or do anything. Perfect. So um, as part of as part of the team at ASA, it's all hands on deck during network. We're a very small not-for-profit in terms of the actual number of staff. Um, so everybody has multiple roles to play during the conference to make sure that you have the fantastic experience that you've had. So that's, that's yeah, we great. We thank you for wearing those sub hats. <laughs> Your well. favorite uh, place to eat while we were there, Mr. Price. Oh, what was the name of that sushi place we went to? Oh, the sushi, that was my favorite too. Uh, Mo Momotoro, I believe, something like that. It was good. It was excellent. It was about a mile from the hotel, whatever. We took a little, uh, a little stroll. stroll down uh, Michigan Avenue and uh, went to that place. If you've not been there, highly recommended. Yeah, the Toro was, you know, was very, good. very, very good. So uh, we've been dancing around this whole subject of ASA. Yeah. 
you know, our viewers, listeners. Oh, what you know, is some, ASA? Some yeah. of them are contractors. Some of them are distributors who would know. Some of them are reps who would know. But there's and various others, including my kids, who wouldn't know. Yeah. What is ASA? What do you do? So the American Supply Association, when I explain it to folks, it's an association. So just like a Costco, right? You pay a membership, you pay a fee to join the association, and for that fee, you get benefits. So the American Supply Association has many members. They pay a fee to join our association. Uh, and yeah, our members are typically in plumbing, HVAC, large pipes and valves. Um, so they're usually in the distribution portion of the supply chain or the manufacturing portion of the supply chain. And then our role at ASA is very broad. Um, the thing that I think is incredibly important at ASA is our education role. So we have an education foundation and a group of folks who design and maintain all of our education materials that distributors can use um, to educate everybody from the gal driving the forklift to the to the gentleman at the front counter to the folks in the offices doing uh the payables and receivables um, so there's a, a great platform there to do education uh, asa also offer uh, offers an advocacy function so we spend a lot of time in washington and in some of the states that tend to we'll say push the envelope when it comes to codes and standards like our good friends in california for example um, and make sure that our members' voice is represented in laws and codes and standards. Um, an example there would be during, uh, at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, it, ASA was a strong voice in asking the Office of the President to define essential roles. We started talking about essential roles very soon and people who were gonna be exempt from some of these issues, some of the stay at home stuff needed their their role right we needed them to be working but uh, from the beginning we didn't have a definition for what that meant so asa was there pushing saying our right the function that our members provide and to whom they provide it must be a, an essential role um and then uh as you mentioned right another function of asa is that is networking it's bringing people together and providing platforms for them to interact and engage and learn from each other uh, and get to know each other um, and and have a little um we'll say friendly competition in the industry um and then you know then dnext's role is really about uh is about the future right, is pushing us all forward into the future. And ASA also has a variety of initiatives that are designed to help support our members as they evolve and hopefully grow and sustain into the future. So that's that's a lot of what we do. And like I said, we do it with a small or small not-for-profit. We don't have a lot of a big staff in terms of administration, um, but we pack quite a punch in terms of value proposition. So for us, I mean, one of the things that I always look, we belong to, you know, ASA and other organizations, you know, I'm very grateful. I mean, this time of year, especially when we're doing all our planning is, you know, the economic, uh, you know, presenters, the ones that talk about the economy and the forecasts and the outlook. Demographics. Demo the, that, honestly, I'd seen that guy before many years. I forget the gentleman's name that did the demographics uh, study uh, last week, but I'd seen him before. I, I find, I always find I've always found his presentation to be very entertaining. Yep. 
I thought it was he good. Yeah, sure. I was just looking. I have his, I just got his book. He mentioned his book while he was uh, talking. Yeah. And of course, I can't see it right now to save my life. It's somewhere on this table. But yeah, I ordered his book. It's called Upward or Onward or something. Um, yeah, something but I loved, 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 loved his demographics presentation. Much of what he discussed um, is meant, is, is um, mentioned in a lot of DNEXT's research pieces and has okay. been, we've been hearing um, from a university perspective, from a higher education perspective, those, many of the data that he referenced have been talked about in higher education for over 10 years. Yeah. Because for us, looking at a decline in births means a decline in high school graduations, which means a and and so anybody who's particularly universities who have large capital investments in buildings land classroom spaces research spaces it's incredibly important to look two generations or more out into the future as you're planning capital investments so a lot I, of what you talked about was um i think was aligned with what I've been hearing for many years and I was excited. Um, he really made the, I think he really made the data accessible. We should ask him to, as a future guest, try to bring him in and talk a little bit about it. I Indeed, we uh, we tried to, uh, he was busy. But, we tried to flag but, him down and uh, uh, wrangle well, him in. We're, we're, yes, for him as well, but also Ian Heller, who is somebody who we have, um, we know uh, Ian pretty, we've, pretty well. we've uh, yes, Ian is a frequent speaker at all at a, a lot of these industry uh, events, and so we've seen him a number of times. And actually, there was a time in which Ian was the the host, and I believe both you and I were the like the you know the I don't know at the table we were like the spokesperson yeah, yeah, or something yeah. along actually, those lines. Actually, you did the intro for him too, if I recall. Uh, no, it was for it was for a different guy. Different yeah. guy, huh? yeah. Um, but uh, he was there that that weekend too. As we're talking about Hardy course, which is, not, you know, a, a not really a competitor of yours exactly, but uh, another association, a parallel yeah. association, let's say, with the same yeah. kind of um, missions and, and goals and things like that. I mean, Absolutely. so, um, yeah, so, I mean, the, we're one of many. We strongly believe in those things here at Central Therm. We're, you know, like Mike was saying, we, we are members of many um, wholesale organizations, the Southern and, wholesalers, the Northwest and, wholesalers. And we like to the, give back too. So both Matthew and I at different times have sat on some steering committees. We'd you know, like to offer up, uh, since we're new to ASA, we'd be happy to help you guys out if you need somebody in a, in one of the committees. Yeah, sure. I don't know if you do, if you have committees. I'll take you and, up. Uh, careful what you ask for, as they say, right? Because you just uh -huh. might get it. My speaking fee um, is, is quite reasonable. Uh, my rider that comes with it is really, really intense, though. Yeah, he, so, he needs um, special kind of room <laughs> and special kind of M&Ms yep. and everything I'm else. Not for you, yeah, that was a great Van Halen reference. Nicely done. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed, of course. We're, 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 so that's actually a good transition into the less serious elements of it. Like, uh, I, I want to come back to one series. Oh, yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. Before, before, before we get into your favorite bands and things like that. Which and, we always do. And who you are as a human being. So for me, you know, recruiting the last couple of years has been very tough. Uh, so you, you are an ASA working with colleges and they're doing some analysis right in the sweet spot of what we do, right? It's distribution, it's HVAC, it's hydronics. And you guys, ASA has students that are studying and learning and then providing feedback. How do we hire some of those guys? Do they, are they on the market and how do I get some resumes? Is that part of what you do? 
because we ha- we need some people. So it's, I think it's really, obviously this is a hiring and finding great people as a challenge and it's going to continue to be a challenge kind of referencing what we heard, um, what we were talking about earlier with the demographics, right? With a, with a declining population, that means there are less people graduating and going into the workforce. So if we think, um, you know, the numbers are clear by 2030, uh, 100% of the baby boomers in this country will be retirement age will be eligible for retirement 100 that's the largest ever (laughs) matthew's a xer who wants to pretend he's a millennial so don't uh, don't you know (laughs) so there's a lot um right there are a lot of people who are have left who are and still many more who are going to leave and the time is short um to your point and there are smaller generations in terms of the workforce, just in terms of the numbers, right, game um, coming behind them. So I think um, to me, being out there on the recruiting floor, right, I think one of our biggest challenges in this industry is that we are just as hidden as our products are in walls. Oh, interesting. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting a, statement. I like that. Uh, it's a good analogy. Um, yeah. That's kind of strong. Um, Thank you. Sure, yeah, it resonates with us. We, us in particular, our products are hidden, like specifically. Yeah, in a right? boiler room, in a basement, in a wall somewhere, right? So yes, yeah, so that, that really does resonate here, like even more so. Yes, exactly. And and we're hidden. Our industries are hidden. And it's a huge problem. And it's start, don't get me started, but you know, we start, we made a mistake as a society many, many years ago when we pulled um when we de-emphasize the trades and we pull trades related experiences out of high schools, that started a domino effect that has landed us where we are today, which is largely completely hidden. And and our young folks uh, are completely unaware of the existence of our industry. And that's a huge problem. How can you attract people to come and work for you if they don't even know you exist? Right. So it, I'd say it, it is changing a time, at least a little bit now because of the the conversation around student debt and the you know how open some of these you know professional tradesmen are with how lucrative it is to be a plumber. You're always working. There's no you know there is no automation of certain plumbing techniques. And so we at Central Therm have have worked really uh, in depth with with some you know HVAC influencers who really take up the mantle of kind of what you're talking about here who are really in it for the trades in particular and in advancement of it and trying to kill off some of those sort of um unfounded mentalities about what the what it is to be a plumber what it is to be an electrician um and they're really i mean it's it's actually fascinating to see these communities being built around this type of stuff that has always existed but has been sort of hidden. Like there was, you know, when I was young, there was never like I never really cons- considered being a plumber. I was like I was I was always gonna go go to college, right? I was always gonna go whatever and and go and learn, you know, read Shakespeare or whatever it was, and, and I did that, you know. Um, and it was never even a consideration, which is weird because now as I see all of this happening, there isn't a bit of a younger thing that is less people, as we've mentioned, but. There are there is some influence out there to to increase this, and yeah. we see it a little bit at uh, when we do trainings and when we when we uh, you know talk to these folks about who are, who are actively 
uh, promoting the industry as a whole, not just their contracting firm, not just their Instagram page, but the entirety of plumbing, the entirety of, of ventilation and air conditioner repair and refrigeration and the whole nine yards. And it actually is pretty inspiring. Some of these guys are really, really inspiring. Yeah. I, I agree. And that and that is my answer. You answered the question for me, Matthew, right? Our generation, the Gen, Gen X, there was the narrative that was the trades was highly suppressed. So the the, the dominant narrative for, for Gen X was you're going to go to college. Everybody's going to go to college. Gen Y, his narrative was a little more lost than that. It was almost a muffled version of what we heard. And I think interestingly, um, the narrative for Gen Z is where the change that you're talking about is happening. And, and those are the folks that are beginning to ask, hey, but I don't want to go to college. There have to be other options. Um, I like to work with my hands. I like to solve problems. And there's no place, no place that you can be more, that you have to be more creative than in the trades. There's no place. Absolutely. And that ties um, right back. To the de the demographic uh, guy, which again I forget his name. Maybe we can in the post the name in the book that he had for our view. You know, for everybody. Well, that's I'm going to go. He's going to go search for it right now. So yeah. I guess as Matthew's doing that, I'll ask the question that, we, and we always get to this. You mentioned Van Halen. Mm -hmm. Give us, uh, you know, what what music do you listen to, or and are you a David Lee Roth or a Sammy Hagar Van Halen person? <laughs> okay, so first up, Sammy Hagar all the way. I don't even want to talk about Diamond Dave. Sammy, thank you very much. <laughs> I am of the same mind. This is the this is rarity here. I mean, I gotta I say that that is not the popular choice. Popular doesn't mean right, Matthew. <laughs> I, I like them both. I really do. There's some good, uh, you know, Diamond Dave, but Sammy by far is well. I mean, there is no Van Hagar if there was no Van Halen. No, that is true. That is true. Um, so you know, we've had this debate, as you can see. You know, we fall each fall on certain side of the table here yeah so he's more of a metal guy and i'm more of like a jazz jam band guy so where where are you uh following along the depth chart of the music stuff here so this is tough for me because if i opened my uh if i opened my library right now i have somewhere in the neighborhood of 180 gigs worth of music spanning eight decades so i listen okay. to everything from big band and swing all the way to what's current to today. Um, if you, let's see, a good example so, would be- So, so before you even go I on, who's your favorite big big band guy? I would have no clue who they are. Artie Shaw, you a Duke Ellington person? I'm, Duke Ellington. I'm a Duke Ellington person. I, I love- right. I Hey, love can't argue with the Duke. <laughs> so, and then, okay, then flip it to 2022. Who's on the top 40 that you're like really into right now? Oof. So, and this is, this is probably cliche, but she does own, you know, she does, she's probably the, I think she's the first artist to own all top 10 slots. Oh God, please, no. <laughs> uh, you know where I'm going. I, I love, I love Taylor. I've watched her since she first emerged in the country world and I'm a country fan as well. Um, and I've watched her grow as an artist and a songwriter, most importantly. Um, and I greatly admire her storytelling uh abilities and her way of speaking that is elevated writing that is elevated but is still incredibly accessible across probably three generations of listeners that's 
pretty doggone outstanding for any songwriter. I don't care who you are. Leaving the, you know, the the sort of cliche of the pop genre issues aside, she is incredibly intelligent, well-spoken, mm -hmm. well-written, um, and, and has and has managed to transform herself um, genre by genre um, for 20 years. Mic drop. I got to give her credit. I, I she's not on anywhere near high rotation, and my kids obviously listen to her. But uh, what you say is true. I mean, she's pretty bright, and what she's accomplished is pretty methodical. You know, in the way she's progressed her career. She's a business. I am a, not not a fan. Um, yeah. But we'll just we'll go on from there. Uh, I, I, and that's it's funny because it's not like you know I'm wearing a, a shirt of a band that's you know started in 1978. And you know, I do have my wife says I listen to nothing but 1970s music, which is not true, uh, because there are plenty of 2022 people that I'm that I like as well. Dua Lipa, Lizzo, uh, you know, even some Bieber songs are very catchy. The modern times, less so than the early, you know his earlier stuff, but nowadays the new Harry Styles album is amazing. You know, so even though my wife says I listen to nothing but the Allman Brothers, uh, you know, the, it, I do mix it up quite a bit. Uh, but Taylor's not in my in my rotation, uh, at, you know, at all. <laughs> I listen to a lot of stuff, so I mean, this year alone, so your favorite, I, like your favorite I've band overall. Concerts I've been to. So, what was the last one you went to? Elton John. Oh, there you go. You're Amazing. On, you're on uh, Matthew's uh, happy list now. <laughs> I said him before that, Kenny Chesney. I saw Kenny Chesney. Amazing. Okay, so yeah. That's that's wild. So if, if you were wandering around outside of the uh, the hall a tiny little bit on Tuesday night, um, I snuck down to that second floor there. There was a grand piano in the corner, and I definitely like brought like a bottle of water with me and I sat there and I played some Elton John songs because that's just what's always on the tip of my fingers and what I'm a piano player. And yeah. uh, you know Elton John is one of my absolute favorites. Kenny Chesney is a is a talented guitar player and an interesting, obviously a country superstar. So what's the next concert you're going to? Uh, next one, let's see, what do I have tickets for next? Probably, I, I've only bought two sets of tickets for 2023. So I bought Arctic Monkeys tickets. Wow, um, you, this is very, this yeah. is very diverse. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, George Strait and Chris Stapleton are playing together are very limited okay. dates. And I was no. lucky to get tickets to that, so. Yeah, George Strait is you know a legend, of course. You know, he is. unbelievable. And Chris Stapleton is the modern day version. Um, you know, he, it's, he's a little bit of George Strait and a little bit of Hank kind of rolled in together, um, and a very also a very diverse writer and performer, and has done lots of um, uh, partnering work as well. So, yes. um, but you know, if somebody asks me, like, what's my genre? Like, where's my heart? It's with 80s hair metal. So I'm a nope. huge, Interesting. huge so, Kip fan. <laughs> a huge fan? Kip Winger. I love Kip Winger. Winger. I, I, I thought I heard Kip. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. That takes me back. Pre-pandemic, pre I would see him three to four times a year. I'll drive anywhere I in about a hour radius. Uh, so, wow. 80s metal. Amazing. Okay. So what's so Hair metal. There's a difference. True. Uh, <laughs> But did you know, Matthew, that he has written and was nominated for a Grammy 
for his classical work about two years ago. He has also written a, um, a Broadway musical that was on Broadway a couple of months ago called Get Jack. Okay, interesting. I did not know either of those things. I knew, I mean, I know he's a talented guy. I didn't know he was composing classical music in the modern times, but obviously a very competent musician and composer for sure. Winger is funny. I mean, I what I associate Winger with Beavis and Butthead not being particularly enthusiastic about uh, about the, the videos. Uh, uh, yeah, but they, they really killed uh, Grim Reaper, man. They they really did a number on Grim Reaper. They, <laughs> they destroyed their their career. So okay. What was the what was like your finest '80s hair metal memory concert? Oh, probably probably the first time I saw Kip in there's a it's a small venue on the in a western in a west far west Chicago suburb. The first time I saw him there was probably twenty probably 2015 or 2016. And I bought, and it's a tiny little venue. It probably only seats a few hundred people. So you're, you know, you, there's not a bad seat in the house. Um, and he was just, he was just having, it was clear that he and Reb, the lead guitar player, they were just having fun. They were talking and teasing. And I was close enough with um, my girlfriend that I went with that she and I were, we were listening to what they were saying between songs and we bought VIP passes. And afterwards I walked up to him. A lot of people of course come uh, with a CD for him to sign. And the CD that I had for him to sign was actually his solo all acoustic album, which is one of my oh, favorite wow. his. And so I just kind oh, of breezed past the band and said, hey, Kip, this one's actually just for you. And, and he looked at it and he goes, you're a serious fan. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, That's amazing. I'll tie a commentary about Sammy. Uh, First concert that I ever went to was Sammy Hagar and Aldo Nova, if you remember the day. Of course. Remember yeah. Aldo Nova? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Here at the Palace Theater just down the street. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. All right, Beth. I, I, you have anything anything left? No, Taking up a lot, of, a lot of your time. Thank already. you for uh, coming in. And uh, we will see you real soon on the ASA circuit. We will, of course, be active members and, you know, take the, that uh, that offer serious. And, you know, both him and I have probably too much energy for our, our own goods. And we're always want to do more for the trades and to advance these organizations and things like that. So, you know, thank you for all the stuff that you do. Thank you for joining us here on the mechanical room. And we will be in touch very soon. Absolutely. Thank you guys for the opportunity. It was uh, it was it was great to chat and get to know each other. And hopefully your viewers will uh, will get to know a little bit more about ASA and DNext and the work that we're all doing to support our industry collectively. Right. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. That was quite the episode again. Yeah, Beth was great. I when I first met her, I had a feeling I, I you 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 just tell sometimes with someone's energy. She seems to be like the perfect person for that role too. Oh, quite the title, in, uh, VP of uh, Innovation. I actually think it's she wrote in her thing. It said VP for innovation, for innovation, which is yeah. even kind of even more oh, cerebral, yeah. right? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I want to say I'm the the the, the manager for marketing and Instagram here. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna change my business cards. There you go. Um, to Does put it come on. with a pay raise too? I'm assuming. I, well, a hefty one. <laughs> there you go. I'm in. <laughs>
So yeah, Beth was incredible. Uh, ASA is something we're just kind of getting our feet wet with here. It's a it's a new organization, which is actually one of a few new organizations. Yeah. So shout out to our friends at MCA. We are now members of the Mechanical Contractors of Alberta Association and uh, working on our mechanical, mechanical Contractors of Saskatchewan Association, in addition to being members we are of- everywhere, my friend. Yeah, everywhere. I mean, AD and Commonwealth and Blue Hawk and Hardy. And, 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 and. and. Yeah, I mean, and- SWA. AARP and, and NRA <laughs> and, you know, I mean, all of <laughs> We got members everywhere. Yes. <laughs> An onslaught of initials, an and onslaught and of acronyms that is. You know, I put that on, under my name at, on my LinkedIn profile, all those. Sure. Um, we, my wife and I joke about that all the time because she is someone who is a, is a heavily degreed person Indeed. with many certifications. And so she is an MBA, PMP, uh, KMA, which stands for Kiss My Ass. That's what she, that's what she always says after the end of it. That's how okay. she ends her title okay. with it because she's earned all of that accolade. I don't know so. where to go with that one. I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> well... It's been some funny conversations with her where she's been, you know, you know, you get, she's like, hey, I've got all the credentials here to, to say that I have this authority and whatnot. And believe me, she has the authority. She has the authority. Indeed, she does. Indeed. Gabby, we love you. We were just uh, buying your plants just a minute ago before we were recording there. So a couple poinsettias coming your way, which are part of your daughter's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody's school. looking for poinsettias, call me quick. It's part of a school fundraiser. School fundraiser to benefit uh, some of their, you know, projects that they work on. So they've got all kinds of different projects that they do, community give back and uh, Good. trips and all kinds of stuff. Your kids need more projects. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His kids are involved with, and I, I think I can only name a few. You know, they both play instruments. Yes. They both do dance. Yes. They uh, they both do taekwondo. Two types of dance. Yes. Uh, there's archery in the mix. Yes. There is mock trial now. Uh, yes. Uh, youth court. Uh, she, my daughter rotates through being the prosecutor, the defending attorney, and a jury. Your son is ever. He's heavily involved in fragging aliens on his yeah, that, iPad. That too, that too. I don't know a little if that's, too much of that, is unfortunately. That, I don't think that's through the school, though. No, that is not. <laughs> it's in, in little But it's soccer. School. you got to oh, have the soccer to that. Diving. It, it's, yeah. Oh, diving. That's a new one. I didn't know yeah, that. Auntie does diving. And she's actually now uh, training for her uh, lifeguard. Okay, electric. excellent. And, of course, she works, too. And she doesn't sleep, though. That's the thing. There's no sleep allowed. No. Uh, the Sakaris house. <laughs> nope, no, we know that for you. I mean, you've been running uh, the, the candle at both ends for, for uh, quite some time at this point. So, yep. um, but uh, that's only a guy like you who has that energy can really keep that up pretty much. Uh, which well, is that's thanks to my wife, although she doesn't listen to the, to the podcast. So that just, you know, we'll have to I won't get this. the credit for it that she deserves. We'll have to send her this clip. Yes, of course. Should. Let her know that there's a lot going on. She knows. She knows. She's, I mean, she's a busy lady herself, too. She, she, so, I mean, there's. No, you know, a lot of energy in the in the in the Sakaris yes. household. A lot of caffeine. Yeah, those dogs come running out the door. They're yipping, yipping. I mean, even they, it permeates to the, to the poodles. <laughs> it doesn't. <need. laughs> so uh, back to the to our guests. So yeah, yeah. Beth, Beth was great, and uh, I mean, I'm very happy we were able to finally have a, a woman guest on. It's been it's been a while. We've been looking, and we've been wanting to you know be obviously uh, as diverse as possible as we can, and it doesn't always work out, but. Uh, as soon as we met her, I knew that it would be it was she, natural. It, it would work out. And, Absolutely. You know, we, uh, I'm certainly going to stay in contact with her. She's buzzing my phone right now with all the stuff that we talked about. Like, you got to listen to this album by Winger. And here's the book we were talking about and stuff. That's the kind of energy that I have. It's the kind of follow up that I would do. So, yes. you know, you know how it is. Very high eye personality Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Uh, which works great for the innovation. Um, and, yes. uh, you know, I mean, obviously she's got her, you know, her hand in a variety of things at a very interesting group. 
Absolutely. Um, well, it was our, we attended for the first time and I came away pretty impressed. The good presenters, uh, good uh, uh, networking with, you know, distributors and uh, and reps. It was a pretty well run, uh, you know, event. Yeah, nice, lo nice location. Um, all of the, you know, sometimes you go to these things and there's like, it's not as neatly ordered, organized as could be, but this was kind of down to even like the 15 minute increments yeah. and whatnot. And, you know, it, it worked out. It was very seamless and it was, uh, you know, enjoyable, entertaining and informative, enlightening, enlightening. Yes, um, you know, great networking, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, ASA Network 23, we'll see you there, of course. Um, I have some suggestions I, well, as to locations. Uh, I used to live in Chicago, so Chicago's, you know, old, old, nice, old hat to me, but I do love going back. So nice. uh, next time we'll have to hit Portillo's. And uh, maybe they can schedule it in the spring. Actually, I did hit Portillo's with Jim. Did before you? We, before we went ah. to uh, Intellihop, uh, we went to Portillo's and got Italian beef and sausage. It was very good. Yeah, that is one of your favorites. Uh, we had been there together before at a yes. previous Chicago ex excursion. And, uh, you know, we definitely had to hit that place up as well. Uh, but ASA was a lot of fun. Chicago was great. And uh, we're happy to be in that organization. And we're very grateful for to Beth for being on the program. And, and doing uh, what uh, she and ASA does. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, we're kind of ASA in theory. And what she does is pretty much aligned with sort of the goals of this podcast, which she alluded to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, there's a lot that goes on to get a, you know, a simple product to market and in the hands of an installing contractor. There's a lot of different pieces. And that's part of what we try to do is to give those of you who listen and or watch uh, kind of the, the, the puzzle pieces. You know, from a manufacturer's perspective, from a distributor's perspective, from an installer's perspective, how does that all come together? It's a pretty well-oiled machine, but if you don't know all the different pieces, you, it doesn't seem like it's anything too special. But there is a ton of work and a ton of stuff that happens behind the scene yes, to make indeed. it all happen. All right, let's end this. You got to drive your kids to viola practice or whatever Somebody it is. Can I <laughs> we'll see you guys next month with the Christmas Spectacular. We're doing that again. I have, I'm cultivating, or I, I, I've got some ideas percolating in my head for, a, we're gonna do another game show of some okay, sort. Okay. And uh, I'm deciding what I think will, be, will work best. I may wear a tuxedo. Uh, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be the Christmas Spectacular. It will be uh, our season finale. Season As it two. was last year, it was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So we'll see you back in December. Thanks again for everybody uh, you know, checking us out whatnot. And uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. 